There wasn't a lot positive for us in that game. Uh, thought those guys did a real good job. The red area, third down. Um, really in all phases. So frustrating night. Um, it's tough to it's tough to have one of these nights. Obviously, there's a lot at stake. So any questions? Welcome in, everybody, to another post-game edition of the Not Another Bucking Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Kosmider, Broncos beat reporter at The Athletic. And tonight we are breaking down the Broncos 42 to 17 loss here in week 15 in Detroit, um, where they they just got outran, outgunned, out track and fielded tonight um, against a Detroit team that looked dynamic, looked every bit the part of a real contender uh, in the NFC. And, um, you know, so the Broncos fall to seven and seven. They are now on the outside looking in of, of the playoff picture down to 11th. Um, still have opportunity in front of them, but it comes with essentially no mulligans. The Broncos most likely, almost certainly need to win out their final three games at home Sunday against the Patriots, followed by a New Year's Eve game against the Chargers also at home, followed by a, a Week 18 finale in Las Vegas against the Raiders win those and the Broncos get to 10 and seven um, and, and could get in with, with just maybe a little bit of help um, lose any one of those games. And your chances are probably somewhere around one in 10 or worse um, at that point. So what the Broncos lost tonight was an opportunity, uh, Matt, who, who joins us tonight as well to, um, you know, to have really given themselves, you know, a, a leg up to have put some distance between themselves and this crowded bunch in the AFC playoff picture to even still have a chance to win the AFC West um, with the win tonight. All those things were, they had a chance to have in play, but they never, they never were in this game. They forced a punt on Detroit's first drive. Um, the Broncos then get a 40 yard pass to Jerry Judy, followed by an 11 yard run to Marvin Mims. All of a sudden they have a first and 10 at the, um, at the uh, Detroit 20 yard line, throw an incomplete pass then on second and 10, uh, Russell Wilson uh, gets stripped and fumbles the ball, and Detroit R Detroit takes it back deep into Denver territory. Um, that was really it, it, that was it, Matt. It kind of it all went down from hill, hill from there. And to me, that the biggest takeaway in this was, um, you know, I, I looked at it from a big picture standpoint. Like the Broncos are are a year and off season, maybe two away from adding the kind of athletic fast, talented young pieces that they're going to need in order to fully, um, you know, flourish with, with, with Sean Payton's scheme and, and just his overall approach. Yeah, this, this was definitely a worrying, worrying appearance because this, you know, the last two games now that the Broncos have played against, you know, kind of those borderline or those playoff teams that we're looking at the here and, the, and against the Texans, the teams really struggled. Um, you know, and even even early on through the first quarter, the defense held up pretty strong today. But eventually, the the time of possession in the first half ended up being absolute, like completely dominated by Detroit. Detroit had eighteen and a half minutes of possession in the first half, and that you know through the first quarter, that game was you know the defense held strong. The Lions got into the Denver side of the field every single drive, but the line or the defense held strong, forced three punts. But at some point, you keep putting your defense in a bad position. Eventually, things are going to start to hit. And tonight, those kinds of things were David Montgomery and Yamir Gibbs, um, who ran up and down the field on this team. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. So, so Jamison Williams, 
Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta in this game, they combined for 211 yards and five touchdowns. Okay. Those are all players that the Lions have drafted in each of the last two years. Um, all of them were top 35 picks in the draft. The last two years, the Broncos have had exactly zero picks in the top 35. They haven't even had a pick in the top 50. Instead, what they decided to do is draft a or to trade for a quarterback in Russell Wilson because that that's what they felt like they were missing this 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 franchise quarterback, um, you know, that could help them compete against the likes of Patrick Mahomes or even Justin Herbert in the AFC West and then some of the other quarterbacks overall in the conference. Um, and, and then you you use other draft capital to go get the coach to, to to sort of help you turn around. That's the that's the route they've gone, and now that that's fine. But what you what you're now doing is you have those guys in position, but you don't have you don't have that young playmaking talent. And in games like this, and games like Miami, look, they've in their two games against the fastest teams in the NFL, or or you know maybe you throw the 49ers in that conversation too. But but two of the three fastest teams in the league are the Dolphins and the Lions. The Broncos lost those games 112 to 37 in aggregate score. Um, they're they're just they just can't keep up right now. With those teams, they they can grind out wins. They can play, you know, sort of that 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 just get it done kind of football. That you know, play good defense, get a lead, all those kind of things. But absent that formula, and we've talked about it a lot, but it just gets laid bare in these games where the opposition can really punish you if you don't get to execute your formula, um, you know, to perfection. And you know, I, I think I think that's why you have to look at this game from a big picture standpoint, Matt, because. The Broncos don't play another team like this the rest of the way. I know the Raiders scored 63 points on Thursday night, but that was against a Chargers team that has kind of thrown in the towel on this season. Um, you know, and, and a lot of kind of things went wrong in this game. The Raiders are not an offensive powerhouse despite having a guy like Devontae Adams. Um, so they they aren't going to face this kind of challenge again. They will have, I think, a better path toward winning games the way that they want to. But to me, this this was a big picture thing of like, you know, if they make the playoffs this year, that's great. It's positive for where they're going. Uh, it, it shows a lot of grit. It shows that I think a lot of things are moving in the right direction. But but maybe a loss like this is good to show you just what you're missing. Um, you know, and again, it, I don't think that's a mystery to to those making the decisions at Broncos headquarters. Like they they know that they have to to build this up. But um, yeah, man, they just they just couldn't keep pace. Yeah, no, it, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it, Yamir Gibbs and Amner Ossie Brown both just seemed faster than anyone on the on the defense. And I thought that I mean the Lions executed their game plan really well. I mean, we were talking, you guys were talking coming into this week that you know the Lions' key to victories kind of involved running the ball with that dual dual headed run, and that the Broncos were going to need to get some pressure to, on Jared Goff to get him off his his seat. But like the the zone run game or the outside zone run game from Detroit today was just absolutely stressing the Broncos' defense. Anytime that the Broncos decided to bring pressure. And it was, you know, the, if the zone, that outside zone was called up and you're blocking, you're blitzing into that zone, Gibbs just has to get through one seam, you know, somewhere in that line, as you stress the, te- the team outside on those speed runs towards the outside, one cutback and he's eight, 10 yards down the field. And that, 
I think is probably why we didn't see as much blitzing coming from Vance Joseph today, because when you get gashed on a couple of those big runs against the outside zone, you then have to kind of scale back your, your rush, you know, to playing more conservative defense. And then Jared Goff just absolutely picked him apart. Uh, I'm you know, I'm Brown was open consistently throughout the game. You know, they had absolutely no, no answer for Laporta either, which was a little surprising. Williams. Yeah. So was Sam Laporta. So was Jameer Gibbs. So was David Montgomery. Like it didn't matter who um, they were, they were throwing to want to talk about this, you know, the other kind of moment in this game that drew a lot of attention online and even on the broadcast of the game. And that was late in the third quarter. The Broncos are trailing 28 to seven, but they have moved the ball once again into uh, first and goal territory um, deep into the red zone on second down. Uh, Russell Wilson hits Javante Williams for a pass where it lo- it appears as though Javante Williams gets the ball over the plane of the goal line. He certainly thinks he does, but referees ruled him down at the one yard line. Sean Payton doesn't challenge um, that call. So the Broncos run it third and goal from the one, uh, a stretch run play to the left to Javante Williams, who also appears to kind of get in there, um, you know, right, right in the end zone, or at least very close Sean Payton doesn't challenge that call either. And he says afterwards that, you know, they were close, but when you get into like kind of spot ball spotting plays, um, you know, it can be tough. And they ultimately decided not to, um, they had two timeouts at that point, you know, the argument being, of course, you're down 21, you, you really need to score a, a touchdown the risk being, being worth it. But all that said, he doesn't challenge. So it's fourth and goal at the one, the Broncos rush it in with a one yard run to, fullback Michael Burton, but the play is called back due to an offensive offsides penalty, which of course was um, what got the Chiefs in trouble um, in their big loss to the Bills uh, last week. Uh, this one was on Quinn Miners, the guard who appeared to uh, apparently was just in front of the ball. Um, you know, again, re- really close play, tough play right there on the goal line. Um, but to follow that, Sean Payton, after the penalty, decides to kick the field goal instead of going for it fourth and five or fourth and goal from the five or six. He berates the officials for what he said was his frustration with the call. Um, But then after that goes over to Russell Wilson and appears to start just laying into Russell Wilson, you know, broadcast picked that up. Um, You know, it was all over social media. Um, And afterward he was, he was testy about it. He said, everything that you saw like with Russell Wilson, it was all related to me being, frustrated with the call that's it it's simple um you know he was then pressed on that so well what did you you know say to russell wilson he says what i talk about with russell is none of your business um very you know again very defensive about that um and it was just one of those situations where he sean payton got you know he he was frustrated in this game i I thought he lost his cool um, you know, a, a little bit, he, he's, you know, he kind of says sometimes like, I got to do a good job of modeling, you know, moving on to the next play. And I don't think he necessarily did that, um, a lot in this game sort of maybe affected some of the decision-making. Um, what, what was your sort of view of it all, Matt? Well, so the, with the Jaleel McLaughlin catch, I thought, you know, both of those plays, the second and third down, I thought were touchdowns. Um, even like when you slow it down and you look at it, I think both of, I thought both of those were touchdowns. I think that if you challenge either of those, they overturn both of them. And I understand like down at the goal line or, you know, without those kinds of spots being difficult plays, but yeah, you, 
have like you need the points. Like you're not the kind of offense that is so I'm prolific that you can time out. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that that just seemed really wrong. But then yeah, the him him over on the sidelines screaming at Russ just isn't a good look for that organization, right? Like for Russ's. You know, regardless of Russ's production over the last two years, Russ is one of the most optimistic people you're ever going to talk to. You know, his press conferences are, or you know, oh, this, you know, we played, we just needed to do more. You know, my guys play great, Latin play great, water suit. You know, he's just a very optimistic, happy guy. Like he's never, he's never one to like, you know, be down on anybody besides himself. And then you have Sean Payton over here just screaming at him and Russ looking like a wounded puppy. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, did you want Russ to pull guard back further? Like, do you expect Russ to be like the, are controlling how the line gets set up like that just that just rubbed or came off wrong from sean payton for sure so well, and that's the thing is and so that's what we in, in the post game press conference a lot of reports talking to him talking to sean payton we're just trying to get a sense of like what it you know like what were you looking for for russ and it's um you know so, so he was asked what did you want on the fourth down play did what is that what he was upset about right like or was it, you know, because it was speculation, because it just didn't make, on its face make a lot of sense. Like, was he ultimately upset because he felt Russell Wilson is responsible for how people are aligned, which in a, in a large scale thing, I, I would I would say that that is true. But you like, I don't even think he has the angle to see from where he's at, whether a guy's head is just over over the ball. That That's, a, you know, I think that's a tall order. That's a tall ask, um, you know, of the quarterback in that in that position. Um, but, but it's also a situation where, okay, so were you, you know, were you wanting to take more time before fourth down because you were thinking about challenging you, whatever the case might've been, it just wasn't clear as to, as to why. And he's right. kind of just saying, move past it, move past it, move <laughs> yeah, past sure. it. And, it's my but, business, not your, you know, not your business. I, I think, <laughs> I think there's, you know, I think there's, I think there's frustration, um, you know, par- I, I don't necessarily think it's just frustration at Russ who, you know, he didn't. The fumble was killer. Um, you know, he 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 did the naked bootleg. He had pressure in his face right away. He said he thought he 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 threw the ball. When he goes back and looks at the replay, he'll realize that wasn't the case. Um, but you know, it was. This, I, I don't necessarily think that he. You know, he didn't underperform tonight. There's simply you know the the, the protection. At times was okay. I, th- I thought they had some chances where it was okay, but but they're just they just had nothing going, um, you know, o- offensively. Um, I didn't think he played, you know, super poorly. That they they got a few things going in the second half. Of course, Detroit at that point, um, a lot of prevent defense. But um, yeah, that's why it was just kind of it was just sort of a strange moment because Sean Payton's going after the refs, which you understand, you know what that, what that's about. That that's pretty clear. Ask Andy uh, Reid and Pat Mahomes about that one. Ask Andy <laughs> Reed. Yeah. I mean, Sean Payton, he's like, you he might not criticize them publicly afterwards. He's trying to save his hundred K, um, <laughs> right. but he certainly wasn't going to be shy about letting them know how he felt in the moment on the field. Um, so, so that, that part of it all made sense, but then yeah, to just sort of make a beeline, right toward Russell Wilson after the fact. I mean, th- this play had already failed. The-, the penalty had been called. They were already on the sideline waiting for the field goal to occur. Um, you know, Sean, it, th- there was a, like a brief pause there where it looked like Sean Payton was trying to challenge something and and, and kind of got told like that wasn't a, a reviewable situation or whatever the case might have been. But there was kind of a pause there. And then 
So it was just, it was all a really weird thing, but I think that it, at the end of the day, it just goes back to, um, you know, the frustration that occurs when this offense just can't, you know, can't get it together. They knew that they were going to have to be ultra efficient. They were going to have to create manageable third downs, and then they were going to have to convert them. Like they knew it was a tall order. Um, but I think to follow up as short as they did and then to not capitalize in that moment, it could have cut the game, you know, could cut the lead to 14. Um, you know, certainly I don't really think that gets them back in the game, but it, you know, gives you a fighting chance and they just didn't get it done. And, um, it is what it is. I, I think the key thing now, Matt, is they've got to be able to, um, you know, it's stung. It's the way, and that's why I asked a couple guys, like, is it easy to turn the page? Um, and, and you know, Alex Singleton told me it, it might not be easy, but you know, it, we have to, we, we have to shake this off fast because, um, they still have a good opportunity, right? They should be favored in, in all three of these games. Maybe, maybe week 18 is a, is a toss up. Uh, but certainly these two home games, you know, you absolutely have to take care of business there. That that should be a no doubter. So you should be going into that Raiders game at um, at nine and seven and, and hoping that you got some help along the way so that you can go to Las Vegas first weekend of January and, um, you know, and get a win that would put you in the playoffs. Yeah. And a, a big part of it, I mean, one of the problems, this tends to be such a copycat league too. like, you know, that when you put a dud on tape, that the opponents are going to take a look at those tapes and try to recreate it. So if you, you know, this game, they faced a ton of seven, eight, nine man fronts. And, you know, the result of that is that sometimes you hit a crossing pattern for, you know, a 10 yard cross that gets taken for 40 yards because there's no one back there to stop Judy until 40 yards down the field. But the alternative is that it means that guys, Javante Williams just wasn't able to get anything going this entire game because he's facing eight man boxes. Um, interestingly, Samaje Pirine comes in as their third down back and ends up facing a lot more of those kind of softer, softer looks and does, or, you know, finds a little bit of room. But I think that a lot of that, you know, you can expect now going into next week against the Patriots and Bill Belichick, you're going to see seven, eight, nine guys in that box on on first down, second down, and you're they're going. And I mean, they were they did a really good job converting those fronts into stopping those short little check down passes that have been so good for, uh, or have been such a big component of this Broncos offense for the last couple of weeks, or you know, for for their success this season that. That dumped out game just wasn't working today, you know. Not, some of the some of the blocking from the wide receivers out on the edge was pretty sketchy today. Um, you know, little Jordan Humphreys had a very up and down day. He had a couple, you know, a couple nice catches. Had a really nice touchdown grab. Completely whiffed on a couple of blocks. Had another drop. So, you know, he's one of their bigger guys. They like getting out there blocking, but he needs to be. He definitely needs to be playing a little bit more consistent out, out there on the edge too, helping in some of that check down game, the, the wide receiver screen yeah. stuff. Yeah, like it just wasn't it just wasn't sharp. Yeah, they ran a wide receiver screen like to a bunch of formation where you had three guys to pick up basically one one guy and then it had room and they just they just completely whiffed on it. Um you know, that that play hasn't worked um all year. <laughs> all uh, you know, I, I think yeah. I, I think the um yeah, that that's really kind of all all there really is to say about this game. I I mean, you can't Ultimately, they're going to have to, to put not a lot of stock in it in terms of the short-term ramifications. Again, I, I think this was another illustration of kind of showing you how long you have to go. You know, the Lions are interesting. Dan Campbell took over in 2021. Um, they were, they were of course, on a, on a six-year streak, I believe, without making the playoffs. Um, he went 3-13-1 in his first season, and then they were 1-6 
um, in, in that second year uh, for him before they close that season eight and two. And now they're, they're 10 and four and on the verge of winning the NFC North. It'll be their first division title since 1993, back when it was the NFC Central. That's how long it's been since this, since Detroit's been in this kind of position. But you just you look at it, man, like you, you you've had the draft capital. Um, and again, that that was, you know, virtue of they were smart with accumulating picks. They've they've been able to make those selections. Um, and they've they've hit on him. Jameer Gibbs is a stud like that. That guy is is fantastic. Uh, Sam Laporta is a stud. Jamison Williams is a stud like the, these are guys that they have that are athletic. And that's that's to say nothing of, you know, when you get a guy in the fourth round, like Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, a fourth round pick in 2021 that, that becomes that kind of player, um, you know, that that that. You know, those are the ones you, you got. You get lucky, but you have to hit on those first and early second round guys. And, and they had five touchdowns out of out of these two rookies that were picked in that in that range. Like that, you you have to do that in order to kind of jumpstart where you're going with the franchise. The Broncos next year, they'll have a first round pick. Uh, finally, they don't have a second round pick as a yeah. Finally, first time since you know Pat Pat Sertan's going over here going to be 30 years old before the Broncos get another first round pick. Um, <laughs> But they, you know, they don't have a second round pick because that was that was traded um, in, in the Sean in the Sean Payton uh, package with New Orleans. Um, they also traded one of the third round picks they had in, in order to to move up and, and get Riley Moss, who um, you know hasn't played much defense. He's been doing a pretty good job as a gunner, um, but you know we'll see. Uh, and it's just you know when you make those when you make those things the broncos kind of just did it did it in reverse i think they thought that their roster was maybe further along um than it was um but again these are that's it's just the big picture thing right now it, it's still I, I think when they come you know sunday morning whatever it is get back in the building okay like hey this is where we're at man we're seven and seven we've got three winnable games all we got to worry about right now is going to beat the Patriots. If we go and beat the Patriots, we keep our season alive. We keep this thing moving. Um, you know, there's no reason you shouldn't be doing that on, on Christmas Eve. Broncos had a bad Christmas last year when when they got uh, trounced by the Rams on actual Christmas Day. They will have a horrible Christmas this year if they wake up after having lost to the to the you know three and maybe soon to be three and eleven uh, Patriots who play the Chiefs tomorrow. Um, Oof, you know, uh, that that I, that would be that'd be a sad. Yeah, hopefully they can see some help coming back in the form of Greg Dulcich and Nick Benito, hopefully coming back from injury next week and just the level of opponent probably not being quite on the same level. But yeah, if they if they lose next next week and are spending Christmas recovering from, you know, the the end of their playoff hopes and everything that goes yeah. with that at the end of the season, that that's going to feel feel pretty bad. So. Yeah, yeah. I certainly don't think that I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, this was also their third road game in 13 days. So th- this is a team that's been on the road, um, you know, qu- quite a bit. So they get they get to come home, get to play in front of their fans um, who, who I, I think are still very, be- very behind this team. I would imagine even even on Christmas Eve, on a night game on Christmas Eve, I imagine that place will still be rocking. Um, so, you know, that that's what the that's what the Broncos have to look forward to, um, you know, coming up again, nobody really thought even this, you know, the way Garrett Bowles said it, Hey, we're, we're seven, we're we're six and two in our last eight games. You know, if if you had told us we were going to do that after we started one and five, you know, I think we would have taken that, you know, because it meant you were going into the last three games of your season with a chance to do something. And, 
you know, the hard part of their schedule that, that you know, they've gotten through it. Um, you know, that these, these should be games that they, that they should win. They play nothing but backup quarterbacks the rest of the way. That's again, man, like you went out and got Russell Wilson. You need him to beat three backups. Like that needs to happen. You know, you got Sean Payton, you got Russell Wilson. You need to beat three backups. Um, you know, two interim coaches. You got you got three backup quarterbacks two backup and two coaches. interim head coaches. Yeah, two backup coaches, three backup quarterbacks. Like you got it. You got to like, finish strong. Got to finish this thing. Like that's that's all there is to it. Like, yeah, tonight tonight was a it was a bummer. If you're a Broncos fan, um, you know, because you, you you wanted it, you wanted a better effort. You 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 wanted it. You wanted it closer. You wanted to feel like hey we can, we can contain, you know, some of this, some of the speed we wanted to see that you'd taken a step from that Miami debacle after playing a team like that. And, um, you know, it just, it just didn't materialize and it, and it makes you, you know, certainly makes you doubt the prospects they would have if they do get into the playoffs of, you know, having to go back and play a team like Miami or Baltimore or, um, you know, a, another team that might be, might be up there, um, in, in terms of the young speed talent kind of equation, um, but again, that, that'd be a problem for th- those are problems for another day. Problem now, go beat the Patriots and, and keep it going and just see what happens. Football in December that matters games that matter in December. That's what Football. we, why we watch, right? Yeah. yeah. Try to get, try to get a game that matters in January and then, then it's just icing on the cake. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back midweek with, a with another episode to talk about, where the Broncos are at coming off of this, um, looking forward, looking ahead to the, again, the Christmas Eve game uh, against the Patriots. And then we'll be back. We'll, we'll, we will, we will be your Christmas stocking. Um, we'll have one ready for you to wake up on Christmas morning, listen to the Broncos who maybe have moved to eight and seven and have kept this thing alive for another week um, or have seen it all, all go apart. Uh, either way, we appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you tuning in until next time. Thanks for stopping by. Oh. <sighs>